All right, Jamal said, good morning. Let us begin. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors of this morning. Sure to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Elul Averman Shane Kelman for dedicating all the Shu'urim and Drushos this month in memory of their parents. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors. Hillary Jacobson Kent and Yisrael Daniel Jacobson, in commemoration of the yard site of Milton Jacobson, Mor- Mordechai Menashe Ben Shmar Yohu, as well as Paul and Kathy Palakas for for Alter Ben Golda Etcha. We thank our Dafyombi sponsors, the Plunka family, in commemoration of the yard sites of Shaul Hamelech. Incredible. And Gershon Chaim Alter Ben Shaul, George Rosenberg, Mrs. Ponka's father on the 28th of Elul. He hoped that in the merit of our Tamatora, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families in Nechama. Both with that, let us begin. We have an incredibly exciting daf ahead of us today. I'm sorry, we're without a microphone. So uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm going to try my best to project. But um, let's begin. So today's daf is daf Hey. Daf 5. We are picking up on Dalit Omid Bey's three lines up from the bottom. And an incredible sugya today. The sugya actually of Rosh Hashanah. It, it's mamish absolutely incredible that we're arming ourselves with this knowledge and with this sugya in advance, in advance of the Yom Tiv. So it says the Gemara Itmar, Shnei Yamim Tovim Shal Rosh Hashanah. The two days of Rosh Hashanah. So we'll say, what's the status of the days? Remember again, we're, we're focusing on all of these issues through the prism of the egg. So the Gemara says, Rav Shmuel Dermit Havai, Nol Dubezua so Rav and Shua both said the halacha If the chicken lays the egg on the first day of Yamtiv, it is going to remain usher on the second day of Yamtiv. That ultimately no debezeh surah bazeh. Now what's the logic? Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Three lines are from the bottom in Rashi. Asura bazeh sheim vaday chok kavua lios kiyom aruch midirabanon shemitchila lomachma safik yischil lasos. And we'll say, remember again, we've already made reference to this that the two days of Rosh Hashanah will be different than the two days of a regular Yom Tev, what we'll call Yom Tev Sheni Shogalios, because Yom Tev of Rosh Hashanah from the beginning was instituted as what? What we call a Yoma Arichta, one long period of Kiddusha. So remember again, when we were speaking about other Yom Tovim, to the Yom Tovim, diaspora Yom Tovim, and we spoke about that the chicken lays the egg on the first day, it's mutter on the second day, what was the logic behind that? Because we know what? We know what? One of those days is what? Is Chol. Right? Because remember again, I'm keeping two days out of Suffolk, but Lamaisa, I know there's only one day of Yantif, so one of them is Kodesh, one of them is Chol. The Gemara is suggesting over here that Rosh Hashanah is different. Both days were instituted as one long period of Kiddusha. This Nan, but say, here is the story of Rosh Hashanah. Here is the evolution of the Yamtiv of Rosh Hashanah. This Nan, Bereshama Hayyimikablin, Eidus HaChodesh, Kolayam Kulo. Barishona means in the beginning. In the beginning, they used to accept testimony from witnesses the entire day. So understand, how does Rosh Hashanah work? So look at Rashi. This Rashi is really incredible. Rashi says, Kalayom, that's Rashi and Adaf. Kol Shloshim Shal Elul. So all the 30th day of Elul. So remember again, a day could either have 29 days or 30 days, right? So remember again. So remember again, 30 days, or, sorry, 30 days or 31 days. No, 29 days or 30 days. So listen to this. On the 30th day, on the 30th day, remember again, so the 30th day was the first possible day for Rosh Chodesh. Bizdin was prepared to be Makabal the Eidim, right? Remember, you can't be Makadish the Chodesh. You cannot sanctify the new month without the arrival of witnesses. So remember, here's the interesting part. So the 30th day begins when? Begins when? At night. Right, the earliest time you're expecting Adim is when? 
the next morning, right? Because remember again, they have to see the moon. You're going to see the moon at night. So remember again, Edom aren't getting, and Basin doesn't sit in session at night anyway. So Rashi explains the following. Comes the night of the 30th, something very interesting had to happen. Already the 30th at night, they had to stop doing malacha. Why? Why? Right? Because the witnesses may come the day of the 30th. So look how interesting this is. They had to begin to observe Yantiv even before witnesses came. This was a unique aspect over here because there's the possibility. So, so just imagine for a moment that the night of the 30th begins Monday night. Right? Let's say for argument's sake. The night of the 30th begins, or I should say, the 30th day is Tuesday. 30th day is Tuesday. Monday night already, they had to begin in Isra Molacha. They had to stop all Molacha because of the possibility. Because there's the possibility that maybe witnesses will show up on Tuesday. Now remember, if witnesses show up on Tuesday and they say Monday night we saw the new moon, that effectively means that what? Day number 30, Monday night, Tuesday is Yamtiv. So because that possibly, they already had to abstain from Allah on Monday night. Because the entire 30th day, in our, in our example, Tuesday, they would be waiting for the people who saw the moon. So So again, this is how Rosh Hashanah used to work, right? So they would go ahead already the night of the 30th. They would not do any malacha in anticipation that maybe the witnesses will show up the day of the 30th. Okay, fine. What happened? Something amazing. One time, the witnesses were delayed in arriving. We'll define what that means in just a moment. Top of hey. And as a result, the Leviim messed up the Shir Shel Yom. Now what happened? Over here? Take a look at the top Rashi and Aleph. So we'll say, Nishtawa Edim means the Edim arrived later. Now we're going to see what later means is after they offered up the carbon Tamid Shalbein Ha'arbayim, the afternoon Tamid. Rashi says, as a result, Rashi says, Tamid Shalbein Ha'arbayim, Sha'amru bo shira shalchol, Sha'ayu svurim shalo yavu od, Vayom chol, Ukishabo, Nimtza shu kodesh, Ubishal shachar ain't toast, Tamid Shalshachar, So listen to this. So what happened? This is incredible. So, Remember, they're waiting the whole 30th day. That night already, they stopped doing malacha. They're waiting for the witnesses to come. It's time to offer up the, the carbon tamid shalbein around the afternoon tamid. The witnesses didn't come yet. So they assumed, right, the, the Sanhedrin assumed the witnesses aren't coming. They assumed they're not coming, which means tomorrow will be, tomorrow will be Rosh Hashanah. So they instructed the Levim to say the Shir Shalyom of a regular weekday. A regular weekday. What happened? After the Levim said the Shir Shalom of a regular weekday, offered up tamid shalbein arabayim, the witnesses came. So it turns out that what? That day really was Kodesh, and the Levium said the wrong Shira. They said the wrong Shira. Now remember, sacrificially, nothing was doing here. It's the same comment. Remember, you offer up the Tamil Shabbin Abayim every day. It's the same Tamid, but they sang the wrong Shira. Now, we'll say, Rashi just points out over here, by the way, I, what do they do for the Tamil Shabbin Shabbin Abayim? What do they do for the morning Tamid? Right? Which Shira did they sing? Well, there, you really have no choice but to sing the regular weekday shira because generally, Edom never came that early. They were never there before the Tamid Shal Shacha was offered up. So it was standard operating procedure that you would sing the Shir Shalom of the regular day for the Tamid Shal Shachar. But the Tamid, usually the witnesses came before the Tamid Shal Bein Ha'arbayim. 
So the Gemara says, so listen to this. Hiskinu, therefore they instituted, So they made a takhana. The takhana was, the takhana was that we only accept witnesses up until mincha time, which means the time for Tamad Shabain Ha'arbayim. So if witnesses come after that time, essentially what you automatically do is what? Delay Rosh Hashanah or delay the observance until the next day. We'll define it just a moment. And if the Edim come after Mincha time, so Noagin Osayom Kodesh Ulamachar Kodesh, they would go and they would observe two days. Two days. So I will say, so now watch what happened over here. Originally, Rosh Hashanah was one day. When we say originally, the Torah mandates, Rosh Hashanah is one day. And again, but what they would do is already come day number 30, they would observe that day in a state of Kiddusha in anticipation of the arrival of the witnesses. Usually the witnesses would come one, sometime during the day. And they would establish there as, as Rosh Hashanah. Now remember, even in that model, for some reason, the Adam did not come until day 31, Right, day 31 would be Rosh Hashanah, and day 30 would still be ex post facto observed in a state of Kiddusha. One time it happened that Allah Chalamahisa, the witnesses came after Tamisha bin Arbayim. Leviya made a mistake. Again, they, they, couldn't have, they couldn't have forecasted any differently. And they went ahead and they said the Shir Shalyom Shalchol, even though it turns out that it was really yumptive. At that point in time, new piece of legislation, we only accept Eidos until Tamid Shalbein Ha'arbayim. Which means that if witnesses show up after Tamid Shalbein Ha'arbayim, what do we do? We automatically defer their testimony to the next day. Which means something, I will say something very interesting. Which means even though we know that today was Rosh Hashanah, we defer their, te- we, don't, we close it out. You can't, remember, you can't declare Rosh Hashanah without the testimony of the witnesses. We defer them to next day. So which means right from the beginning, even Bismana Mikdash, there were two days of Rosh Hashanah. But it's not a classic two-day Yom Tiv. Because think about this just a moment. When we think about a two-day Yom Tiv, we think about Yom Tiv Sheni Shal Galios, Diaspora Yom Tiv. Diaspora Yom Tiv centers around what? Calendrical doubt. Suffolk. There was, were there two days of Rosh Hashanah observed in the Beis HaMikdash? Yes. Was there ever an element of doubt? Never. In other words, there, there might have been a little bit of doubt in the beginning of day number 30. Is it going to be today? Is it going to be tomorrow? But at the end of the day, quite literally, they understood which day was Rosh Hashanah, which day wasn't. They had to keep two days because, again, remember, everything relies on the arrival of the witnesses. We have to cap when we take testimony because you don't want to mess up the afternoon Tamid. So they would observe two days, but it wasn't out of doubt. And because it wasn't out of doubt, therefore the two days essentially take on the halachic status of what? One long day. What we call the Yoma Arichta, one long period of Kiddusha. Well, let's say, I just find this something very interesting. And then we'll look back at Rashi. But just, well, let's look at Rashi first. Rashi says, Adam Mincha. This is a very important Rashi. So remember again, then they instituted, will only accept testimony from the witnesses up until, I'm calling it Mincha time. But you understand that it means up until the time of the Tamid Shabbin Ha'arbayim. But after that time, So we'll say what that would mean is, by the way, interesting, even though the witnesses show up on, on we'll call it day number 30, we declare Rosh Hashanah the next day, which means you'll count for Yom Kippur, for Sukkot, from the next day. Oso 
Kasher husru adam mincha mimalacha, kach noagin begomer oso bikdushas. And here's what's interesting. One more piece. So let's play this out. The witnesses, right, it's day number 30. From the, already the night before, we've been observing it as yamtiv, lest the witnesses show up. We offer, we're about to offer up Tamashal bin Arbaim, the witnesses are not there, right? We offer up Tamashal bin Arbaim. The witnesses come after the Tamid. When do we accept their testimony as of? Right? Tomorrow, the next day. So you might have thought, okay, well, that should mean then what? The rest of the day is not yamtiv. You can't do that, right? Why can't we do that? Because there's a fundamental concern. If you go ahead and make the rest of the day chol, then what's going to happen? Next year on day number 30, people will come to be mezalzal. They'll come to denigrate the sanctity of the day. So we have this fascinating like halachic catch 22. See, even though again, when the witnesses show up after mincha time, I know that today is not Rosh Hashanah. It's not Rosh Hashanah today. Rosh Hashanah is tomorrow. But yet we have to observe the rest of the day, Bikidusha, so that for next year, if the witnesses do come on day number 30, no one denigrates the sanctity of that day. Finish Rashi. Alma. But we'll say here, here, this is the most important, not the most, this is an incredibly important part of Rashi. Alma. Therefore, you see, from the beginning, they were observing two days of Rosh Hashanah, even in the Beis HaMikdash, below Misafeg, and the observance was not out of doubt. Because they knew very quickly which day was Rosh Hashanah, which wasn't. So therefore, again, this is what's unique about Rosh Hashanah. It's two days because we have this Eidos issue, but it's not two days out of doubt. It was two days that were legislated as a Yoma Arichta. Now here's what's interesting. So we'll say, here's what's fascinating. You see, in the beginning, think about this in just a moment. In the beginning, in the beginning, right? When witnesses showed up, let's say witnesses showed up on day number 30 and said, we saw the moon last night. When is Rosh Hashanah? That day. What about the next day? No. No. In the, orig- right, in the original version, you could it happened often that there were two days of Rosh Hashanah. And when there were two days, it's Yom Arichta, but it didn't have to be two days. If witnesses showed up early enough on day number 30, Rosh Hashanah would be the first day and not the second day. Rashi points out something very interesting over here, but remember, in diaspora communities, Rosh Hashanah was always what? Was always two days. Was always two days. And in diaspora communities, why did you observe two days? Interesting enough, in the diaspora communities, they always had to keep two days. But even diaspora communities, the element of keeping two days still was, meaning, because in the Beis HaMikdash they were sometimes keeping two days, Rosh Hashanah keeps, it takes on this Yoma Arichta identity, even in the diaspora. So I will say, what comes out is something really fascinating. When the Beis HaMikdash stood, before the Takana, it's possible again to have Rosh Hashanah for one day. Right, for one day. Sometimes you had two days when the witnesses came a little bit later in the day. It seems to be that once they made the Takana, that you only accept Eidos until Tamil Shabin Arbaim, it sounds like more often than not, Rosh Hashanah was two days. Because just the timing of witnesses coming. So it turns out that Rosh Hashanah was two days, but not legislated misafik, Legislated because of an Eidos technicality. And therefore, again, to illustrate that it's not a suffix, Chazal, they, 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 the framework of the two-day Rosh Hashanah is Yoma Arichta. One long day. 
We'll say, you'll say to yourself, who cares if it's one long day or two Kiddushas? Oh, so first of all, we'll see a number of Nafkaminas, but amongst them, an egg. An egg. On a typical Yom Tov Sheni Shalgolios, we have an opinion that says, Nolda Bazu Mutares Bazu. If it's born on the first day, it's Mutter on the second day. Because you want If the first day is Yom Tov, then the second day is Chol. And if the second day is Yom Tov, the first day was Chol. So by the time you get to the second day Yom Tov, the egg is Mutter. On Rosh Hashanah, because it's Yom Arichta, one long day, if the egg is born on day number one, it will still remain Asr on day number two. Because it is one sustained period of Kiddush. I'll, say, I'll just say something very interesting. It's worth it to note. It's worth it to note that from a Hashkafic perspective, if you notice the story, when does everything change? Nishtahu ha'idim lavo. Right? The witnesses were delayed in arriving. They were late. They were late. Now, by the way, that doesn't mean that it's the fault of the witnesses. Right? It doesn't mean, again, but you see, bad things happen when you're not timely. Right? Which is, which is a good yesod in life in general. Timeliness is a function of being a masudar person. And when you are a masudar person, a person who lives with a sense of seder, a sense of order in life, you accomplish more. If you're always late, right? If you're chronically late or even just episodically late, that's a lack of seder. And when there's a lack of seder, other things fall apart because my timeliness or lack thereof impact other things as well. So the Edom were late. It's okay, what's the big deal a couple of minutes late? Yeah, except there's a whole base Amikdash that's waiting for you, that's waiting for you to arrive. So there's an incredible Musa Haskell just in Seder, but I think there's also something fascinating, which is sometimes Nishta Lavo just means tarry. You know, sometimes when opportunities present themselves and you tarry and you tarry, you miss the opportunities. Right? The Edom, Nishtahu Lavo, Nishtahu Lavo could be for a variety of different reasons. But when you're not alacritous, right? When you don't have zrizos and you don't take advantage and you don't seize the opportunities of life as they present themselves, they simply go away. When you have an opportunity, makadish the chodesh. You have an opportunity, makadish yourself. You have the opportunity to bring a Rosh Hashanah, a new beginning, and you're nishtahe lavo. You're late to the party. You delay. You tarry. You often miss that opportunity, the window often closes. The din of Zrizos in our opportunities of life. When opportunity comes, bizarres and ultimately take. It says the Gemara, Amar Rabba, Mitakanas Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai ve'elech, Beitz Muteras. Let's listen to this. Now Rabba comes along and says, But Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai made a takana. And what's his takana? Well, we'll see what it is in just a moment. From, from his takana and on, from his takana and on, the egg is mutter on yamtiv. Now, what, what happened to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakar? Well, here we go. This man, Mishachara Beis Hamikdash, once the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. So, we'll say, so remember again, even once the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, the Sanhedrin still functioned, right? The Sanhedrin was in Yavna, right? So, the Sanhedrin still functioned, which means that they were still declaring the new month based on Eidos. Now, once the Beis Hamikdash is destroyed, what unfortunately do you no longer have to worry about? The Talmud Shabbin Arbayim. So there's no problem with the Shira, mixing up the Shira. Shabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said, now that there's no Beis HaMikdash, we could accept testimony when? The entire day. The entire day, entire day 30. Mishachara Beis HaMikdash, Hiskan Yochanan ben Zakkai, Shemekhablin Eidos HaChodesh Kol Hayom. Shabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, you could accept testimony the entire day. The entire day, I will say, take a look at Rashi. Rashi is mitachas Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Shehichzir hadavar liyoshno. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai essentially reinstituted the original practice. 
the Kabbalah do some kolim to accept testimony the entire day. Or the Kadesh Hayom Nimsa Shein Beizdin Osin Shnei Yomim Varechokim Osin Shnei Yomim Eino Elamisafek Shein Yodin Im Niskadesh Yom Shloshim Im Vashloshim VeEchad Vahari Hen Kishar Yom Tov Shalgolios Ubeitza Shenol Debaze Muteres Baze Mimanav Shach Techamina Echos. So Rabbi Bosse, here's what's interesting. Rabbi Yochanan Mezakeh Beisamitlish is destroyed. And goes out and reinstitutes the former practice, namely, accept Eidos the entire day. So, what, what ends up happening, by the way, is that more often than not, Rosh Hashanah is just one day. It's just one day, because usually, right? Because usually Rosh Hashanah was day number 30. So, more often than not, they would go ahead and have one day Rosh Hashanah. Now, again, even when Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai came along, could it be that Rosh Hashanah is two days? Could it be? It could. When, when would that happen? If the Adim show up night 31 or day 31, right? So then ultimately, again, that absolutely could occur. But Lamaisa, more often than that, it was one day. Now in Chutz La'aretz, they would observe Rosh Hashanah for two days. Al-Tzvat, Svegadiyoma. They just weren't sure. So now, interesting enough, Rabbi says, from when Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai reinstituted the original practice, interestingly enough, an egg becomes permitted on second day Rosh Hashanah. Because now, you can't, it, it's not Yoma Arichta anymore. At most, it's going to be back to what we call Sveika di Yoma. Both held that the egg is Asur, both days Rosh Hashanah. So Amrle, he said to him, Amin Allah, Anna Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Va'at amritli Rav Shmuel. I'm talking about Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai. Why are you bringing up Rav and Shmuel? Well, Rav Shmuel kashya masnisin, and Rav Rav Shmuel. What do they do with the Mishnah? Lo kashya halon v'haluhu. We'll say to which Rashi explains. We're talking about the Jews of Babel versus the Jews of Eretz Yisrael. How so? Take a look at Rashi. Halon v'haluhu. Libne Eretz Yisrael sha'osin yom echad muteras. So we'll say for the Jews of Eretz Yisrael who only observe one day. Ultimately, again, the Beit will be mutter on the second day. Abal. So this is where it begins to get a little bit confusing because now what the Gemara is suggesting is listen to this. In Eretz Yisrael, they originally had one day and sometimes kept the second day out of Safek. Then they started, then after the Takana, they kept two days. Two days was Yom Arichta. Beis Amikdash is destroyed. So ultimately, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, let's go back to what we, what we originally did and accept Eidos the entire day. In Chutz La'aretz, so now what were they doing in Chutz La'aretz? They were still keeping two days. The Gemara suggests that according to Rav and Shmuel, they were keeping two days in Chutz La'aretz, but not as Sveika the Yoma, but rather as what? Yom Arichta. They continued their two-day process or their two-day yomtiv in accordance with the two-day yomtiv framework as was observed in the Beis Hamikdash after the Takana. So pretty, we're going to see, this is going to go back and forth a little bit with how we understand what was happening in Chutz Laaretz. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, no. Af mitakhanas, Rabbi Yochanan ben ve'elech. So Rabbi Yosef says, not true. Even after Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai made his Takana, namely to what? To accept Eidos, to accept Eidos, after, after Tavit Shalbein Arbayim, or I should say after Mincha time, the Gemara says, nevertheless, Beit Sa'asura, the egg will continue to be Asur. My time, well, what's the reason for that? Have a Shiva Minyan, ultimately again, because it's a Davr Shiva Minyan, the Chal Davr Shiva Minyan, Tzarech Minyan, Achar Lahatiro. Both say there is another issue. There's another, Moshe David, can you do me a favor? 
just close that, just pull that wall so the side room's closed because the nine o'clock meeting is going to do slichas in, in that, in that side room. Thank you. So the Chaldavashah, Min Yitzrach, Min Atira. But say, there, there is another reason. There's another reason, ultimately, again, why Halacha Lamaisa, why Halacha Lamaisa, you need, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. There is, even from the, even from the Takhan of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, the egg still becomes Aser. Why does the, why does the egg remain Aser? Because ultimately, again, the legislation concerning the egg is something we call a Darashabah Minyan. Well, say Darashabah Minyan means any piece of legislation which was legislated by a robust rabbinic body requires a rabbinic body of similar number and size, right? Or I should say number and wisdom in order to repeal that legislation. So the Gemara says, so, say, so therefore, again, since it was legislated, Ultimately, again, that Rosh Hashanah is a Yom and therefore, Nolda Bazua Sura Bazu, that remains even once Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai makes his takana to accept legislation min mincha ulamayla. So the Gemara says, by the way, both say this principle in halacha drives so much of what we know today. For example, for example, there are so many takanas that Chazal made that for specific reasons. And yet what? Halacha Lamay said the reason may not be there. But yet the halacha still remains. Why is that? It's just part of the way our legal system is set up. When Chazal make a halacha, when Chazal, now again, there's a difference between Takana and Gezer, which we're not going to get into. When Chazal make a halacha, that halacha remains on the books until you could have a similar rabbinic body that is empowered to repeal it. We have many examples. I'll give you a simple example. Right? There's a prohibition to take medicine on Shabbos. You know, I'll take medicine on Shabbos. Why can't you? Again, I'm speaking in generalities. There are times that you can, but in general, why can't you take medicine on Shabbos? Why not? Why not? Because grinding. Schikas samimonim. I come on, one second, who's, who's grinding, who's grinding their medicine today? You're right, you're right. Maybe, maybe the reason for the gzera doesn't apply, but the gzera still remains. So you have many different examples of this. So that's called a davr shabiminyan, anything that was legislated as part of a rabbinic body, ultimately again, sarich minyan achar lahatiro, requires another rabbinic body of similar number in order to go ahead and repeal the legislation. Says the Gemara, from where do we know this? This is interesting. From where do we know this? This is fascinating. The Gemara says, Where do I know this from? What the Gemara is going to do is, 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 is quote three different proofs which are not going to make so much sense when we first read them. Now we'll explain them on a base. The Pasuk says, By Mamed Har Sinai. After Kabbalah Satora, Hashem says to Moshe, tell the men to go return to their tents. Tell the people to return to their tents. Va'omer, hema yalu bahar. Pasik says when they blow the shofar, they could go back up the mountain. Also reference Tar Sinai. We'll define what those means in just a moment. Betanya, listen to this. Kerem Revai. But say, what's Kerem Revai? We know there's halach of Arla. Right? Arla says that halach alamaisa, fruit for the first three years, you're not allowed to eat it. Kerem Revai is a special din by a vineyard, by grapes, that says that in year number four, you're allowed to eat it, but what? You must eat it in Yerushalayim like Meiser Shani. So eat it in Yerushalayim like Meiser Shani. Listen to this, this is incredible. So that, that is a din da'oraiso. That is a din da'oraiso. So Kerem Revai, Hayaola li Yerushalayim mahalech yomecha l'chot tzad. So Rebbe said, Now that's a da'oraiso. What Chazal, what the rabbis legislated was, that halacha lamaisa, if you live within one day's journey of... Now, okay, let me say one more thing. 
Karim Revai, like Maestro Shani, let's say you don't want to bring up your clusters of grapes to Yerushalayim. So what can you do? You could redeem the grapes onto money, bring the money to Yerushalayim, spend the money there. Same like Maestro Shani. Chazal, the rabbis instituted that if you lived within a one-day journey of Yerushalayim, you cannot go ahead and redeem your produce. You must bring the produce itself. So the Gemara says, This was the boundary. was a city of Allah from the north. So these were the boundary cities. These were all cities that were within one day journey. So if you live from these cities and, and close to Yushalayim, you could not redeem your Karim Ravai. You had to bring the actual fruit to Yerushalayim. Why did the rabbis legislate this? In order to go ahead and literally decorate the marketplaces of Yerushalayim with fruit. In other words, that the rabbis wanted the marketplaces of Yerushalayim to be, to be teeming with fruit. So in order to do that, they commanded that if you live within a one-day journey to Yerushalayim, you need to bring your Kerem Revai to Yerushalayim. Okay, Betanya, we learned, Kerem Revai Hayalol, Rabbi Eliezer Mizrach. Rabbi Eliezer had Kerem Revai, right? So he had... He had, <coughs> excuse me, so Rabbi Eliezer lived within one day journey of Yerushalayim. Within one day journey of Yerushalayim. So what happened? So he went ahead and he had Karim Ravai. So, so he was in the north by Lud, by next to the village of Tavi. And he decided, you know what? It's too much effort for me to go ahead and bring all of my grapes to Yerushalayim. So he was just going to make it all... Just going to make it all Hefker. Because remember, he assumed that he did not have a redemption option, right? Why not? Because at the end of the day, he was within a one-day journey to Yerushalayim. So he assumed that he had to bring his Karim Revai with him to Yerushalayim. So he decided, you know what? It's too much effort. I'm just going to make everything Hefker. Amrul Tamid of his student said to him, Rabbi, Right, your friends have already taken care of you, and have already permitted it. Meaning, Rabbi, you don't have to schlep your camera by up to Yushalayim. Rather, if you want to go ahead and redeem it, you could redeem it. Now, what happened over here? Look at Rashi. We're going to see what happened. This legislation was put into effect when? When the Beis HaMikdash stood. Because it was considered to be a covet to the Beis HaMikdash for the marketplaces of Yushan to be teeming with fruit, especially when people be Ola Regal. So what happened? By the time this is happening over here, when this particular episode is happening over with Rabbi Eliezer, the Beis HaMikdash was already destroyed. It was already destroyed. So Eliezer doesn't want to schlep up the fruit. He's about to make it Hefker. And his Talmudim say, Rabbi, no, 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 you don't have to make it Hefker. Your friends have already repealed the enactment. They repealed the enactment. You don't have to slap up the fruit. You can redeem it from an Now, here's what's interesting. Man who are his friends? Rabbi Yochanan Zakai. Rabbi Yochanan Zakai and his Beisdin repealed the earlier legislation. Now, what do you see from here? You see something quite fascinating, which is what? Which is what? That, remember, they made an enactment for what purpose? For what purpose? To go ahead and make Yushalayim beautiful in the presence of the Beis HaMikdash. Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. You would have assumed that therefore what would happen? What would happen? The enactment would kind of fall off on its own. But you see that's not what occurred. And in fact, it is only repealed when what? 
when Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and his Beisdin actively repeal it. Daima denimnu. The reason why the enactment regarding Kerem Revai was repealed was because Halach Alamais Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and his Beisdin actively repealed it. Halom nimnu lo. But ultimately, what do you see from here? That had they not stepped in and repealed the legislation, it would have stood on the books, even though what? Even though the reason for the enactment was no longer valid. I will say this is a major principle in halacha. Called davar shebeminyan sarech minyan achar lahatiro. Whenever something is legislated in halacha, is there a repeal process? Absolutely. Not for daraisis, but there's a repeal process for dirabanans. But the repeal process requires ultimately, again, a much, a, a larger, a, a, or at least a similar body of number, in number and wisdom as ultimately, again, the rabbinic body that originally legislated. But so I'll just tell you, by the way, where this comes up, that there's a big discussion contemporarily by Kitneus, right? There's a whole movement to, uh, to stop being Nizra and Kitneus, which, again, there's definitely logic to it, but remember, you, you could point to many, many Dine Dirabanan, whose reasons no longer apply. But there's a legal system, right? And like any legal system, right? Like any legal system, ultimately, there's a mechanism for the overturning of previous, of earlier legislation. And just because reasons fall away does not automatically allow for legislation to fall away. There is a repeal process. So you see over here, Kerem Revai was legislated out covered for the Beis HaMikdash, that the marketplaces should be teeming with produce when the people are Ola Regal, or people come to Beis HaMikdash in general. But now again, Beis HaMikdash is destroyed. You would have thought that Takana just falls off. A Harayat doesn't. It only is repealed to Rabbi Yochanan and Zakah and his basin get up and repeal it. So we'll say that's right number one. Listen to this. Va'omer, my Va'omer. They both say, now, when the Gemara wanted to show that a Dover Shebeminyan, Sarech Minyan Achar Lahatiro, that any piece of rabbinic legislation requires another rabbinic body to repeal it. And by the way, it's not just any other rabbinic body. It's a rabbinic body of similar number and wisdom. The Gemara also brought other proofs from Psukim, from Maimad Har Sinai. So what are those proofs? Here we go. The Pasuk says, in preparation for Matan Torah, prepare yourself for three days, do not go near to a woman. So we'll say, so that's a reference to the fact that in preparation for Matan Torah, so couples had to abstain from physical intimacy. This was a din on both men and women. Torah gives a very clear timeline. Three days. Three days. Then we'll say, what does this say? A- after Kabbalah Satorah, Kodesh Baruch says to Moshe, Leich emor lehem shuvalechem lo'alechem. Who says to Moshe, tell the people, tell the people, go back to your tents. And I will say, what does go back to your tents mean? That's a euphemism for go back and resume normal marital intimate life. Now, what's the Abishaila? What's the Abishaila? Why do you need that? Right? Remember again, from the beginning, how long was what we'll call the, the legislation? How long was it for? Three days. So again, you go, what, three days? Well, after three days, it's over. Yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu felt compelled to say, tell Moshe, tell the people, go back to your tents. In other words, the original legislation is over. Lamali, Shmamina, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was creating a model for us. What was the model? Called Dabr Shalaminyin, Tzarech Minyin Achar Lahatira. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was teaching us a legal precept, or a legal, a legal concept, that any piece of legislation that is, that is legislated by, in this case it was by a divine body, but again, it, it, it's just to teach us a model, ultimately requires a similar body in order to go ahead and repeal it. 
Maybe not. Maybe you'll say, no, maybe Yechel Shrach was telling, telling the couples, go back to the tents, because Dafkana, there was a mitzvah of Ona. There was a particular mitzvah of intimacy. In other words, it wasn't just the pshat that it became permitted. Maybe Yechel Shrach was telling them in the aftermath of Kabbalah Satora, it's now a mitzvah for a husband and wife to be intimate with each other. Tashma, b'msho chayovel hemiyalu bahar. Therefore, the Pasuk said, when the shofar blows, they can go back up on Harsina. Remember, remember when, during Kabbalah Sator, there was a prohibition for anyone and anything to ascend the mountain. The Pasuk says, when you hear the shofar blow, you can go back up the mountain. So why don't you listen, watch this. The Pasuk says that the sheep and the cattle shall not graze El Mul Hahar Hahu by this mountain. Now Rashi points out to both said the diak is hahar hahu. As long as the as long as the mountain is hahu, that mountain. Now when is it defined as that mountain? When the Sanaitic revelation is taking place upon that mountain, it's called hahu. So when does the grazing prohibition or the ascension prohibition devolve upon that mountain? Only when what? When it's hahu. As the moment that it's no longer hahu is the moment that all of those prohibitions concerning the mountain no longer apply. Well, if that's the case, why do I need the Pasuk to say, In other words, why do I need the Pasuk to say, once the shofar blows, you can come back on the mountain? I already know that. You already taught it to me. As long as the har is hahu, which means as long as there is divine activity, Sanaitic activity, Torah activity taking place on the mountain, you can't go on it. The moment that's over, ascension, use of the mountain becomes permitted. If that's the case, the Pasuk of B'mshoch Hayovel, Hema Ya'alu Bahar, is extraneous. To which the Gemara says, Lamali, Shmamina, Dabr Shebeminyin, Sarachminyin, Achalatiro. It's not extra, because what does it teach me? It teaches me, I've all said, that anything that is legislated by a particular body requires a body of the same size in order to repeal. So Baruch is teaching us a halach, a construct here. That Yabal Shalom is giving us instructions, and then he's, he himself is repealing those same instructions. So he tells us ultimately, again, separate, right? No marital intimacy for three days, and then after Kabbalah Satora, go back to your tents. Don't write, no one could go on the mountain, and when the shofar blows, you can go back on the mountain. It's creating a paradigm. And the paradigm is that in order to repeal a piece of legislation, you need a, you need a body of similar size and wisdom to repeal, as the, or the same size and wisdom as the one who made the original legislation. Now, obviously, Akhlis Baruch was illustrating this with himself. The Gemara understands to apply this to the realm of rabbinic law as well. So the rabbis legislate a particular halacha, even though they might be explicit in the reasoning for it. And even though the reasoning may no longer apply, in order to get the halacha off the books, you require a rabbinic body of similar number and wisdom in order to repeal the legislation. Well, maybe you're saying, well, one second, you're illustrating, who's illustrating this construct in the realm of a da'araisa. So maybe in a da'araisa, you could only repeal it if you have a body of the same number and size. In that case, it would be a But by dirabanans, maybe by dirabanans, as soon as what? If the rabbis legislate something for a particular reason, and the reason is no longer valid, maybe what? Maybe what? The takana just falls off, and you don't need to go through any official repeal process. 
Tashma, that's why I will say the Brisa brought the case of Kerem Revai. Tashma, Kerem Revai. Right, that's why I will say we brought up, right, Chazal legislated that what? If you live with a one day journey of Yerushalayim, you have to bring up your Kerem Revai. You have to bring up the produce of your vineyard. And ultimately says the Gemara, I Karam Revai Dirabanon. I but Karam Revai is Dirabanon. And yet, And ultimately, again, they said to Rabbi Eliezer, uh, right, Rabbi Eliezer, Halach Lamaisi, you don't have to bring it up. Why? Because Halach Lamaisi, your friends already got together. Rabbi Yochanan Mazak and his basin got together and they repealed the Gzeira. So we'll say, so therefore again, so we begin to see that what? That in Dirabanans, we now have the official construct that in Dirabanans, when Chazal make a particular Gezerah or Takana, again, ta- we, we use those words of Takana and Gezerahs interchangeably, even though they're actually not the same things, but again, beyond the scope of our Shira. Now, we actually spent the Shavuos night on this a couple of years ago talking about this, because there are, there are situations where Chazal make rules based on certain circumstances, and when the circumstances change, the rules fall off. So it's interesting to note, and again, that's a chilik between Dinei Dirabanan, Takanos, Gezeros, again, but beyond our scope for now. But not even for our purposes, what we begin to see is that halacha when Chazal legislate a law, that even if, even if it's clearly driven by a particular reason, even if the reason changes, the law remains the same and on the books until a rabbinic body of similar size and wisdom comes and repeals it. Okay, so the chitema so maybe you'll say that they also repealed the halachos of Beitza. They will say, all roads lead back to our Beitza, right? So remember, right? All roads lead back to the egg. So now maybe you'll say this. Remember, going back for just a moment. What did we say before? We said before that halacha lamaisa, that Beitza, right, by Rosh Hashanah, is nolda bazu asura bazu. Now remember, that was linked, that was linked to the Yoma Arichta identity of Rosh Hashanah. Perhaps when Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai came along and repealed essentially the Yoma Arichta legislation and pretty much said that we are Mechabal Eidos the entire day, the entire day, maybe Beitza also becomes Mutra on the second day. To which the Yomar says, nami imnu To which the Yomar says, no, ki imnu a'edos a'beitza lo imnu. No, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai wasn't worried about eggs. Right, what was he worried about? He was legislating regarding Eidos. It's not true. The truth is, the Beitza, right, the status of the egg is intertwined with what you do about Eidos. It's Sar Eidos, it's Sar Beitza. Once, when you, in the period of time where they asked accepting Eidos, when? After Mincha, the Beitza also became Aser. Ishtari Eidos, Ishtari Beitza. Ultimately, again, when Eidos becomes mutter, the Beitza becomes mutter as well. So, we'll say, so what the Gemara is saying is right. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai did not pass any specific legislation regarding the egg. That he didn't do. But Lamaisa, the status of the egg is fundamentally intertwined with, how, with Eidos. Right? Remember, Eidos drives everything. If you're accepting Eidos the entire day, that means pretty much you're not going with Yom Arichta 
framework. If you're only accepting Eidos up until, up until, min, and therefore again, egg might be permitted second day. If you're only accepting Eidos up until the time of Mincha, then ultimately you are accepting Yom Richter framework. If you're accepting Yom Richter framework, it's possible that what? An egg that was laid on one day will still be also the second day. So Rabbi Yochanan Mezaka is not making independent legislation regarding the Beitzah, but Lamaisa, whatever you're doing regarding Eidos and Rosh Hashanah will drive a lot of other halachic legislation as well. Specifically for our purposes, the halachas concerning the Be'ah. Rav Adav Rav Salman Tarvayu, Mibay Kluchis Amri. Rav Adav and Rav Salman both said, both of them from Bay Kluchis, they both said as follows. We'll say, here we go. Af mitakhanas Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai ve'elech, Beit Sasura. Even if Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was allowing you to go ahead and what? Accept Eidos. Accept Eidos. After Mincha time, the Beit is still Aser. It's still Aser. Why? My Taima, let's listen to how beautiful this is. My Taima, Mehira Yibana Beis HaMikdosh. Because in Mirat Hashem, Mehira Yibana HaMikdosh. Halavai, the Beis HaMikdosh will be rebuilt speedily in our days. The Yomru Ishtakid, Milo Achalu Beit Sabiyam Tevsheni, Hashtanami Nechol. So we'll say, because what's going to happen? Beis HaMikdosh is going to be rebuilt in Mirat Hashem speedily in our days. And what's going to happen? My chicken's going to lay an egg on the first day, right? On day 30. And I'm going to eat it on day 31, on the second day. And I'm going to say to myself, oh, you know, of course I can do that. Why? Because last year, I ate the egg on the second day. So to this year, I should eat the, eight day on the second day. Eat the egg on the second day. And I'm not going to realize that what below Yadi, the shtakich te kedushos. Last year, the two days were two kedushos. Well, said, why are the two days two Kedushos? Because before the Beis HaMikdash, the legislation of Yochanan ben Zakkai applies, which means we accept Eidos the entire day. So it's not a Yom Ha'arichta. It's not a Yom Ha'arichta, but rather it's more like a Sveka de Yoma type of situation. And therefore the days are two different Kedushos. The Hashta, when the Beis HaMikdash is rebuilt, and we will once again go back to the legislation that what? We only accept Eidos until when? Until when? Until Tomisha Ben Arbaim, even if the two days are observed, they're observed as a Yoma Arichta. Well, if it's a Yoma Arichta, then what? If the chicken lays the egg on the first day, it's still Asra on the second day. The Hashta Kedusha Achasi. Shabbos says, this is fascinating. So the Gemara says over here, this is, this is, Rabbi, this is Rav Ada and Rav Salman both say, even now, the egg will be Asra both days. Why? In order not to create confusion between this year when there is no Beis HaMikdash and next year where there is, is a Beis HaMikdash. Because when there is a Beis HaMikdash, everyone agrees that ultimately it's Yom Arichta. And if it's Yom Arichta, then what? Then what? Then Allah said the egg is Asr both days. It's true in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, it may not be a Yom Arichta. It may be Shtei Kedushos. And therefore, technically, if the chicken lays an egg on the first day, it'll be Asra on the first day, but Mutra on the second day. But therefore, in order to avoid any confusion, the egg is always Asra both days. One second. But if that's the case, should we also not be Makabal Eidos after after the time of Mincha? After all, my time, Mehera Yibana Beis Hamikdash, Emir Tashana Beis Hamikdash will be rebuilt speedily in our days. Vyomer, people will say, Ishtakid, Milo Kabanu Eidos Achodesh Kaliyam Kulo. Did we not go ahead last year? We accepted Eidos the entire day. Ultimately, this year also with the basement, we should be the entire day. And they won't realize last year we accepted Eidos the entire day. Why? Why? Because there was no carbon tamad shalbein arbayim, therefore no fear of confusion. But this year we can't because halachalamai said there's a tamad we may mix up the shira. 
To which the Gemara says, here's the difference. Hasam edos mesur lebeizdin, beitza mesur lekol. But say, here's the difference. Edos is not handled by every single individual. So edos is handled by the beizdin. We trust the beizdin not to confuse this year with last year. Right? The beizdin knows what they're doing. So they know the distinction between a year in which there is a Beis HaMikdash and a year in which there is no Beis HaMikdash. They know that distinction. But ultimately, again, Beitza, the status of the egg, that's the purview of every individual. You can't rely on individual peoples to necessarily know how to distinguish between one year and the next. Incredible. But say, listen to how the sugya ends. Rava comes along and he says, Rava Amar, Af mitakhanas Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai ve'elech, Right, Rabbi says that at the end of the day, even from the Takhan of Yochanan and Zakkai and on, Beitz is still going to be Asra on the second day. Why is that? Why is that? Listen to this. This is fascinating. So Rabbi wants to suggest that even Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai would agree that if the Edom come after Mincha time, will observe both days in a state of Kiddusha. But say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, last Rashi in the daf, Mila Moda, Afagab, the Tikin, the Kabbal, Eidos, HaChodesh, Kolayom, Lios Monin, Lamodos, Mila Rishon, even though Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai essentially said that what? We will go ahead and accept, and accept, Eidos the entirety. Right? So remember again, the Tikkun Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai was, in the absence of a Beis HaMikdash, there's no reason not to accept Eidos the entire day. Why not? The only reason you wouldn't accept Eidos the entire day is why? Review, why not? Not to confuse the Shira of the Tamid Shalbein Ha'arbayim. Therefore, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, if in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, there's absolutely no reason not to accept Eidos the entire day. But watch this. He says, nevertheless, Listen to this. This is incredible. Rava says, you guys are confused. That's a generally true statement, right? Most of us are confused, right? So Rava says like this, you're not understanding something. The only thing Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai changed was the ability to accept Eidos the entire day. And what does that do? What does that do? That allows you calendrically to establish day 30 as Aleph Tishrei and to count everything from there. What didn't Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai touch? What didn't he touch? The two-day concept of Yom Arichta. Right? So we'll say, this is fascinating because remember I said, what's so confusing about this whole thing is originally they had the possibility of one day. Right? Then they switched to two days in Eretz Yisrael. But it was Yom Arichta. Then in Eretz Yisrael, Chutz Laris, they always, they always observed two days. But it sounds like it was Sveka de Yoma. Rava comes along and says, only thing Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai touched, the only thing he changed was the ability to accept Eidos the entire day. But he did not mess with the concept of two day because if you think about it, I would say logically, it doesn't make sense to touch that. Why not? Why not? Because remember, you know that the witnesses could come on one of those two days, right? And therefore, again, to start with one day, two days, Sveka de Yoma, Shab Yochanan ben Zakkai left the Yoma Arichta legislation in place. That never changed. The only thing he changed was the ability to go ahead and accept Eidos 
min ha mincha l'may. Look at that Rashi again. Vafilu boy dilachar mincha vamilas asyom tefsheni lo neekra takana rishona mim koma. So we'll say what comes out at the end of the sugya is something amazing. Rosh Hashanah is a yom arichta, and from the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. Well, now again, was it always like that? Was it always like that? Was it? no. No. It seems to be clear that originally, again, Rosh Hashanah is a one-day umtif, right? And therefore, again, in the Beis HaMikdash, they always started night number 30, assuming that you have to, assume, you have to observe it as yomtiv because you assume that the witnesses are going to come, right? Therefore, they had to abstain from Allah already the night of number 30. But Rosh Hashanah wasn't always a two-day yomtiv. Then what ended up happening is, because of this whole issue of the Edom coming late, mixed up with the Shira, they legislated, you could only accept Edos up until Mincha time. Now what that does do is like this. That creates a two-day Rosh Hashanah. But not a two-day out of doubt, a Yom Arichta. Because there is no doubt in the Beis HaMikdash as to which was the day of Rosh Hashanah. You knew on the first day that it was either day 30 or day number 31. But you have to observe the two days because again, you never knew when the witnesses were going to show up. That's the, that's the institution of Yom Arichta of Rosh Hashanah. Beis HaMikdash is destroyed. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, we could accept Eidos the whole day because there's no fear, ultimately again, of the witnesses showing up after the Talmud Shabbat in Arbaim. But what Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai did not touch, according to Rabbi, the Maskan of the Gemara is the Yom HaRichta. And as I said, the Hadun in the Gemara was that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai maybe took away this Yom HaRichta concept also. Kamash no. And Rabbi said, it's so logical. You can't mess with the Yom HaRichta. Why? Because the truth is, the one part of Rosh Hashanah that you still don't know with certainty is what? Is what? When the witnesses are showing up. You, you know they're going to show up sometime, you just don't know when. So the Yom Ha'arichta legislation remained. And that's true in Eretz Yisrael, and that's true in Chutz Laaretz. And that is why Halach So again, we observe two days of Rosh Hashanah in Eretz Yisrael and in Chutz Laaretz. It's not a sveka diyoma, right? It's not an issue of calendrical ambiguity because there is no calendrical ambiguity in Eretz Yisrael. But rather, again, it was a din, ultimately, again, of not being sure when the witnesses were going to show up. In order to preserve the sanctity of whichever day Rosh Hashanah falls out, they had to observe it as one long period of Kedusha. Nafkamina, Nafkamina, ultimately, again, for Yom Arichta, I will say, so one of them is, we'll see this in tomorrow. The halachas, I will say, if your chicken lays an egg, on the first day Rosh Hashanah, you cannot eat it on the second day of Yom Tiv. Why? Because the truth is in Rosh Hashanah, there really is no second day of Yom Tiv. We'll see, you know where else this comes up? Where else does this come up? Shech Yonu. What do we do by Kiddush on the second night of Rosh Hashanah? So this is a big Shailah. Because again, on one end, it's the second day Yom Tiv. So generally, when you have a second day Yom Tiv, second day Yom Tiv in practice mirrors the first. Mirrors the first. So if you make a shachan on the first day, you make a shachan on the second night. But Rosh Hashanah is not a typical two-day yomtiv, right? And therefore, again, maybe I shouldn't be able to say a shachyanu. So because remember, it's Yom Arichta. So how do we obviate that? How do we address it? How do we address it? Again, new fruit. New fruit, right? New fruit or new article of clothing. Same thing by the baltokea, right? The baltokea makes a shachyanu. Also, again, we tell about baltokea, wear a new article of clothing. That way, again, the shachyanu can latch onto something else. We don't do that by another Yom Tiv, right? Second day Sukkis, you don't need to go, you make a Shekhinah also like a second day Sukkis, you don't need to go ahead and wear a new, oh, I was going to say wear a new fruit. You should never wear a new fruit, right? <laughs> but but Lamaisi, you don't have to wear a new article of clothing, you have a new fruit. Why not? Because remember, by Sukkis, by Avi Yom Tovim, the second day Yom Tiv is a Sveika de Yoma. So Sveika de Yoma, again, quote unquote, we're not sure which day it is. So therefore, day number two obviously mirrors day number one in all practices. 
But by Rosh Hashanah, where the second day is not Sveika Diyom, but Yom Arichta, we want to replicate the practices on day number two, like day number one. But when it comes to Brachos, specifically Shechianu, you have to make sure that there's something else that Shechianu to latch onto. So Shechianu, Beitzah, we'll see other examples of this that are mirrored in, that are mirrored in the Yom Arichta concert. So stop here. Shkoyach.